This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined usual by Scott and Alex. Hey. Hello. Say hello. Yeah, I didn't say it this time. After 100 episodes, I figure you guys know what to do now. <laughs> not right. not only did did we get caught off guard with that, but I enjoy the fact that even after 100 episodes, Jeff still reaches way down into his groin to give out that Hans at the beginning of every episode. Yeah, I got to squeeze I, it a bit. I appreciate that, that level of effort. 110%. Little I mean, effort is correct. I, I mean, that's pretty much that's it. That's all Jeff has to give on most episodes. But <laughs> and that's what I do I give like, on most episodes. I like that he keeps it consistent. <laughs> all right, to show you how much effort I'm going to give, we're going to talk about another movie I've never seen. So prepare for silence. We are talking about the Invincible, no, Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> right, Incredibles. Yes, the Incredibles. Is there a movie called The Invincibles? Uh, there's a comic book called Invincible, which is very good. It's by the same writer that does uh, Walking Dead. There was also a movie with Mackie Mack, where he joins the Philadelphia Eagles. But that was singular. <laughs> Invincible. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, just out of, for some reason, this just popped in my head. I just learned this today, that the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are morphing Power Rangers, not morphine, as in the drug. I never knew that. <laughs> Oh, Jeffrey. I, that was a little after my time. And so I, they were talking about it today because I guess they're making a movie or something. And anyway. You, the kids, were <laughs> into <Yeah. laughs> All right. Talking about The Incredibles. Alex, take it away. I thought this would be a good topic since we're kicking off uh, November, a time of family togetherness. What better way to, than to talk about The Incredibles, a family of superheroes? So this was the the movie that. Incredible Four should have been. Incredible. Fa- I mean fantastic, the Fantastic Four. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yes. I did when you explained it. Yes. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it really should have been. You, you, had, you get like a, lo- a very good uh, family dynamic from everybody. All the kids have their own uh, shout out to Brian. Tropes and stereotypes and uh, how to deal with everything. It's like, because they're supers, but they still have, you know, regular arguments like um, families do and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it stays pretty grounded on the family side of things anyways. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see, um, well, let's just get into it with Craig T. Nelson. The, the, the movie starts off great, and throughout the whole film, it has this great, like, 60s Bond vibe, which I love. It's got that design element to everything. And the first thing that you kind of see is Mr. Incredible's uh, car that transforms and everything. It's amazing. And uh, the I wouldn't say it's a flashback. Well, I guess it is, kind of. But when all the supers are in their prime, you can see how the government backs everybody up and they all have cool gadgets and everything to support them. And Just, uh, just to, to reiterate on the 60s thing, the, the costumes, too. It's oh, definitely yeah. a throwback to older superheroes. Yeah, awesome design on everything. There's rarely even a Pixar movie that has 
in my opinion, design as good as uh, as an art style as good as um, The Incredibles. Some of them come close, but The Incredibles is just awesome. But I digress. <laughs> so they're in their prime. Mister Incredibles doing his thing, and he there's this guy trying to commit suicide, and he jumps off, you know, a really tall skyscraper, and it's an amazing scene where he runs where Mr. Incredible is in a lower building and so he just jumps straight forward and he times it so that he catches the dude and goes through the window of the building that he jumped from. It was awesome. And then right after that you just hear the guy go, Oh, my neck <laughs> Mr. Incredible's like, Well, with months of therapy I'm probably, I'll I'll find I'm sure you'll find a way to forgive me. <laughs> and uh this is important because it's <laughs> such a such a good uh, story, I guess, uh, plot point that it is a huge barrage of lawsuits that bring down the supers. It, it's not like some supervillain or some uh, uh, cataclysmic event or anything or some death ray that just takes people's powers away. It's just <laughs> all the supers were just sued into oblivion by people that were injured. So I like I like the the play there. Um, all all these superhero movies, they wreck the shit out of everything. <laughs> it seems to be a common theme, and no one's ever really held accountable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like that's actually going to be a major plot point in the next uh, Superman versus Batman movie. But for the most part, yeah, nobody really like holds these people accountable. For anything, even though I, I guess they're saving people, but at the same time they're just completely wrecking things. It's it's kind of like in, in real life. I mean, where would you draw the line? Isn't that part of like the Watchmen? The whole part of the Watchmen is like that too, right? Why they're all in retirement and hiding? If I remember that, correctly, that, no, that's a little different. Just because they all have these secret identities, uh, they, they're seen more as um, having too much power rather than. People are just pissed at him for wrecking stuff. Okay. And instead of both, I guess, justifiably. I mean, what... what? So, it's a, it's a major plot point in the Superman movies. Uh, the world's not ready for Superman. And how... Just as a... Like a fun thing to think about. How, how do you think the world really would react if there really was a real Superman? I think everybody would lose their shit. Oh, and chicks would be jumping off buildings left and right. <laughs> uh, especially, yeah, in, in New York. <laughs> he always saves this one chick from this one building. I don't get it. Yeah. Let's go why, is, why is she constantly falling off buildings? I don't understand. <laughs> why is she dressed like street trash? <laughs> um, I don't know, me. but I've always got... got yeah, I always thought that would be a cool idea for a movie, or maybe a cool idea for at least a show or a movie where it is Superman or Batman or whoever, but it's not filmed from their point of view or whatever. It's filmed from just people's point of view. So people just going around their, you know, doing their daily lives, and all of a sudden <laughs> Superman just runs by and like, saves somebody and just go away. We, no, I think we got a cool idea, like like there, living there, in the world where superheroes do show up every once in a while. There is actually something like that in the works. Uh, for Marvel, um, damage control. I think, I think it's damage control. Yes, I, I talked it about it. Yeah, but okay. Well, from what that sounded like, that seemed a little bit more like comedy, and they're fixing stuff up as a. Yeah, I, I, I see. Oh, so you, you don't want like the humorous side of it? 
Yeah, I mean, maybe like what if like what Gotham is doing now, but except Batman would be around, just he wouldn't, you wouldn't focus on him. Like these are cops doing their job, and then every once in a while, right? Like Batman just kind of swings in, does something, and disappears, but you never hear him, or maybe you barely hear him talk. But does that make any sense? Like, yeah, it's not to the point of view of the superhero, but from the normal people, and just kind of what life would be like if something like that happened. I don't know. There, there was a cool uh, series of graphic novels called Powers. And they actually recently made it into a, I think it was on Amazon, maybe it was, I don't think it was Netflix, but uh, it was basically that these cops are, like, a superhero gets killed, and the whole story is these cops trying to figure out who did it, and it's basically, they, they talk to all these superpowered people, uh, it was pretty interesting, kind of a different take on things. Yeah, that'd be cool. I also think it would be funny if you're just watching some movie. It's like a romantic comedy or something. And then just out of fucking nowhere, something random happens. Like Superman just saves somebody or an alien shoots somebody. I always thought that would be hilarious. Yeah, like, oh, there he is again. So, anyways, where were we? <laughs> yeah. Date tomorrow night? Great. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. What the hell was that? <laughs> that oh, that's awesome. just Superman. Mm-hmm. Anyway, The Incredibles. Anyways, yeah. Uh, all the supers start getting sued, which cause costs the government millions, because they're the ones being held accountable. Because I guess all of them are uh, government sponsored. But so, anyways, uh, they go into hiding, and years later, you see Robert Parr, and that's Mister Incredible, and he's he's already married to uh, Elastigirl, and they have a little family going and everything, and. <laughs> He's at this dead-end insurance job because I guess taking care of people would have, would have been right up his alley since that's what he used to do. <laughs> he's he's still this, like, gigantic, huge guy. He's a lot fatter, of course. But <laughs> he's in this tiny cube. And not only is, in a, is he in a cube, but it's smaller than a regular cube because he's right where, like, a giant cement rebar support beam for the building is, and it's gigantic. So he's got maybe... Three quarters of a cube, and <laughs> everything's like a little bit desaturate, desaturated when uh, the schlumpy Mister Incredible is involved, and I find that incredibly comical. It gets me every time. <laughs> and his boss is voiced by the great uh, Wally Shawn. Who's Wally Shawn? Is that inconceivable? Yeah. yeah. That it should be the name of this show. It should be the Inconceivables. Inconceivables. But. <laughs> Yeah, he he plays a great like a hole boss, and he's <laughs> he's ridiculously tiny. I think he comes up to Mister Incredible's knees. Uh, that whole scene where he calls him into the office and he's doing his whole speech is amazing, and then he gets some serious comeuppance. <laughs> so, let's talk a little bit about the the voice cast here. I sort of talked about Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson. Uh, who else is in the family? Uh, I think it's something Cheswick, the the closer. Is that Elastigirl? That's Holly Hunter. Oh, it's Holly. What the Hunter? hell are you talking about? I don't know. I don't it was know. Ho- it was Holly Hunter <laughs> playing the mom. I thought it was the closer. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, uh, right or yeah, 
Sarah Val as Violet Parr. Um, she she's not really a voice actress, but they they really wanted her for this role um, as the daughter. And she did a really good job, mm-hmm. uh, but she normally does uh, This American Life. It's a public radio thing. Um, at least she was doing it at the time. Oh yeah, she does a lot of like nonfiction documentaries and things like that. Mm. It's kind of weird that she <laughs> got cast in this movie. But yeah, she's shy girl. It's believable, very believable. So, so like, uh, and then you have the kid Dash, uh, and full, and his full name of... is Dashel. Is yeah. that a real name? And then the baby Jack Jack, <laughs> which I never quite got, but that was a reference to. Mm, me either. Uh, but like the Fantastic Four, not the Incredible Four, right? They they all take on kind of the the traits. Or the the superpowers kind of take on their personal traits. Yeah. So Craig T. Nelson's the big strong guy. He's the provider. He's supposed to be the protector of the family. Holly Hunter's the mom, and she's her. She's basically got the same powers as Mister Fantastic. Um, and yeah, she's elastic. She's you know to fit the needs of the family. And you have the daughter. She's super shy, so her whole thing is she can turn invisible. And then the, the son Dash is super fast. Um. That's not really much of a personality trait, more than just <laughs> ADD. Yeah, he's kind of ADD. <laughs> um, and then there's Jack, the baby, who you don't really see what he's all about till the end of the movie. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, Dash, uh, I think he, my favorite scene. Nah, well, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, probably top five, was when he gets sent to the principal's office, and. Uh, the mom has to go in and everything, and they have the meeting. <laughs> and he's like, how do you know it was my son that put the tack on your chair? Because I videotaped it, and he was in trouble. And then he shows the videotape, and he's like, see, he moves right there. And there's like a little blip in the screen. And it's, of course, the 60s, so it's black and white and blurry anyways. <laughs> he's like, the teacher's like, you see it? Well, you don't see it? <laughs> he keeps rewinding the video and playing it. And the principal's like, eh, you're, you're free to go. Sorry to waste your time. And the teacher just loses it. And then afterwards is even better when he's at dinner with the family. And he's like, he got sent to the principal's office. Really? What? For what? <laughs> They're putting a tack on the teacher's chair. You could barely even see it on the videotape. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Incredible, Robert, he's like, whoa, you, you were videotaped and you still got away with it? How fast do you think you were going? <laughs> like the mom's trying to scold him, but the dad's like super proud. Which brings me to like my favorite thing in the whole movie was just the theme of the movie, which is uh, nowadays people try uh, schools and everything. It just seems like everybody's trying to level the playing field, make everybody the same. The theme of this movie is like, no, there's people that are really exceptional out there. You should let them be exceptional. Which is the opposite to a lot of these, like, superhero movies and everything. <laughs> because they're like... Yeah, well, Man of Steel, Alex. Man of Steel. Well, he is exceptional. Just let him be. Oh, he's de- oh but his dad doesn't want him to be. He wants to let a bus filled with children die. <laughs> yeah. I still don't fucking get how he gets yelled at for that. By the way. Because it's stupid. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. You like that movie, <laughs> and you just you put it in your own face. I do like that movie. 
I so, didn't say it doesn't have its faults. <laughs> okay. So, so my favorite bits of the movie are just them being normal people. And it's kind of like what, what Jeff was saying. I, I have almost more fun seeing you know, Superman as Clark Kent, at least uh, Christopher Reeves anyways, as Clark Kent, or seeing Tobey Maguire walk around as kind of his geeky guy, even though you know, he's really spidey. Tubes. I, like those, like that is almost as much fun for me. Uh, you know, seeing, uh, I'm trying to think, in, the Avengers is a bad example from this because everybody knows who they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, the very first movie in the whole thing is Tony Stark going, oh yeah, I am Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's not really any of that secret identity. Um, but you, yeah, you kind of know the two big ones. It's Spider-Man and Superman. Because Batman, like Bruce Wayne's kind of boring. <laughs> Right, well, like, that, well, he, cool. he is, but I do have like my some of my favorite scenes from uh, the Dark Knight Rises was like when he's playing himself, basically. That I really like that whole scene where he confronts the Catwoman, to get the pearls back at the dance, and he's just kind of being smarmy and like, clever. Sure, okay, I'll give you that. Not when like, he goes yeah, swimming you know, he, and he uh, buys a hotel. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fun to see him not, you know, just. Um, I, yeah, I like to see the, them be them, as it were. And I don't necessarily mean the whole... Uh, this happens a lot in comics where... Oh, they, have, they, they can't let anybody know that they're really the superheroes, so they have to get everything done undercover. So, like, Bruce Wayne has to just be Bruce Wayne the whole time. But he has to do Batman-type shit. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, it's kind of like in The Dark Knight when uh, he saves Harvey Dent when the Joker comes, right? And he punches out a few of the bad guys as Bruce Wayne right. and, and then right. goes into his bunker or whatever. And, yeah. You want to get nuts? Come on. Let's yeah. get nuts. Or that, yeah, from the fridge. <laughs> that was, that's a weird exact, That's a weird scene, but yes. <laughs> so yeah, just, just him. You, know, like you were talking about Alex. Him and his job, the kids at the school. But then they're like, they, they sprinkle in like their powers. Mm-hmm. Uh like the girl, I think she gets like really embarrassed and she turns invisible or something like that. Oh yeah, well, she's she's looking at this boy that she likes, and then he turns over to to her direction, but there's nobody there. Then he turns away, but it just she didn't duck under anything. She just turned her face invisible. It's <laughs> like, what if somebody was looking at you from the other direction? That'd be totally flipped out. Yeah. <laughs> but I also well, like I was just the, gonna. Fo- no, go sorry, just real quick, following up on what. Scott was saying, the Avengers, you can't do it because you know their identities, but like those scenes where they're not being superheroes are kind of the better scenes. Like we talked about like the party scene, picking up the hammer. Yeah, I love that shit. Like that's yeah. probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. It is. It's the one of the few redeem, not redeem, not the few, but one of the, it is the best part of the movie. I'll agree with you. Mm-hmm. How about us? Yeah, or like the, the little stinger where they're eating in the restaurant after the first movie. Right. Like, or with Cap and... Um, Tony Stark are chopping wood and it zooms out and you see that he's done like five <laughs> times as much. Yeah, don't touch my Things pie. like that. Because <laughs> you can only see New York blow up so many times or now Seoul or wherever else. They're, you know, mm-hmm. the, you need those other moments. So, yes, I'm done. It was nice when uh, Rhodes' war machine kept trying to tell that story to <laughs> the Avengers and they're like, yeah. what? Boom. Like, Come on, really? I, I dropped the tank and I was like, boom. Is this oh, yes, yeah, it's... That's a great story. <laughs> Come on, man, that kills. And then everybody that's non superpowered does eats that story up. <laughs> ah, gold. And here's another example of the oh. whole uh, 
villain got spurned at one point by the by the main hero, and because of that, he goes into a life of crime. <laughs> yeah. Fly like, home, buddy. I work alone. Yeah. At least in this case, Craig T. Nelson's character, uh, Mr. Incredible, is kind of a jerk to him. Yeah, and some of them is... In... As opposed to them just being like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time to talk to you yeah, right now. It's a misunderstanding. Like, they're not being rude, they're just, yeah. And this, he is kind of a jerk to him, but then he just, yeah, then Jason Lee. His name is uh, Buddy Incrediboy. I'm not affiliated with you. Yeah. And that, that whole scene actually didn't make sense to me, uh, because it's clear that he is inventing all this awesome shit. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't he want a part of that? Or at least be like, oh, well, you know, your stuff isn't for me, but... You have some amazing stuff. Uh, you know, I know people that would like like you to work with them. But no, he's just like, go away. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. Well, because he's young, brash, and a, a jerk. He thinks he's invincible and untouchable. I, and he doesn't need anybody. I guess. Except for Elastigirl. Yeah. They get married. Spoilers. And by the way, Frozone. Awesome casting. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> That's it. Sam, Sam Jackson was cast in a movie. Yeah, I know. Incredible, huh? <laughs> Honey, where is my super suit? Why do you need it? <laughs> that whole scene was amazing. And I noticed that he was splashing on some high karate. Yeah. Is that still made? Do people still buy high karate? High karate. I don't know. <laughs> I was never entirely... Uh, Convinced that it actually existed. <laughs> I think it did. They mentioned it, it in just, uh, Married with Children also. So they it has to be too, But I wonder if it was like a uh, kind of a St. Elsewhere thing. Where it's just kind of this little connection. It's like how Tarantino always has the red apple cigarettes in his movies. Oh, yeah. Somebody was just like, oh, yeah, hi, karate. I would have been more impressed if there was Mandem in this movie. <laughs> The world loves a lover. I gotta go back and watch those commercials. Yeah, once a year. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, yeah, I love this movie, and it ends on a on a callback, pretty much, which is awesome. When, uh, uh, damn it, what's the Asian lady's name that designs the suits? Um, Edna. Edna. Edna Mode. Aptly played uh, by tri- Redbird. I... God damn it, Alan. <laughs> Take that, Scott. I was just going to say, trivia, who did it? We'll fix you know, it post. And then we would have given the audience time to be like, hmm, I wonder who did voice Ed now. Redbird. Speaking of trivia and voices. Ooh. So, Craig T. Nelson. This, this actually does involve Craig T. Nelson. Ah. So Jason Lee recorded his vocals in four days. Craig T. Nelson recorded it over the span of two years. What? I wonder if they, they must have had him re-record a bunch of stuff when they decided to fix or change some things, I'd imagine. Maybe. Because he does get the lion's share of the, the dialogue. Yeah. In the, uh, whatchamacallit, in the special, in the bonus features and stuff, you see, like, a few other stories that they scrapped, and they've made it to the animatic phase of the movie, so... Mm. I don't know. There could be. There could have been a lot more revisions, even than that. So. Yeah, I don't think. If you mentioned uh, Mirage yet. Ooh, Mirage and the whole <laughs> like pseudo affair. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice little touch. I really liked her character design. She had this whole, like like you mentioned earlier, the Bond film. She kind of had like the ultimate, uh, like the the female assistant to the evil doctor thing going. It was a, it was a fun throwback. And that was uh, Elizabeth Pena, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. And I think she was supposed to be a super too, right? She didn't have any superpowers. I, throughout the whole movie, I kept waiting for her to have like some kind of superpower, but no, she was just yeah. like uh, an exec. Well, at, when she get, when she's on the recording that um, Mr. Incredible sees, she says, we have one thing in common. According to the government, neither one of us exists. So that's why I thought she was uh, she was a super also, like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you mentioned the end of the movie. One more bit of voice acting since we're talking about this. Uh, Claire Chesowicz. No. Uh, the closer. The the longest running returning Pixar actor. Ooh, John Ratzenberger. Hey there, Normie. Yeah, yep. Ratzenberger. Johnny R. Yep. You almost miss him in this movie. He's like, oh, I guess he's not going to be in this movie. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, there he is. Has has anybody seen Inside Out? I heard that was really good. Yes, it is really good. It is a little bit uh, Finding Nemo-ish, but other than that, it's really good. I I was just going to wonder if Ratzenberger was in that as well. He is. Of course he is. Thanks for spoiling. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So why is he in all of them? He just is. Maybe he's like the good luck charm. Yeah. Kind of like how J.J. Abrams always has that, uh, what's his name, Greg T. Nelson. Grumberg in all of his movies in some capacity. Scott's making up names again. <laughs> now, so he's he was the voice of Kirk's dad, or stepdad, in the first movie. Wow. Because Kirk's dad's actually Thor. Right. So that's why I corrected myself to stepdad. <laughs> That's funny, going back watching that, I was like, holy crap, that's Thor. Thor! I it's, it's like his friend or something, right? Yeah, it's like a friend of his, but he tries to like have him in all his projects as like a good luck thing. Oh, sorry, this you gotta bring us up before I forget. I was going through YouTube the other day, and I saw it was a video and it had like Kevin Smith, Mark Hamill, um JJ Abrams. And <laughs> what are those guys ever done? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I forgot who the other person was, but there are four people, and they're sitting around talking. I'm like, oh, this has got to be about Star Wars. And it's it's not. It's some round table from, like, seven years ago. And, like, it's so random. They're talking, and, like, J.J. Um, Abrams is just, like, making the switch from TV to movies. Like he's, he's like, yeah, actually, I just had a meeting with Tom Cruise, and I think I'm going to be directing the next Mission Impossible or something like that. And it's just really weird. And then they're talking to Mark Hamill about Star Wars and everything, and and it's like, yeah, that's, that was kind of creepy. And you go back, oh, my God, they're directing Star Wars later. <laughs> so it was kind of cool. I thought it was going to be something totally different, but it became even better than what I thought it was going to be. So, so in other words, Kevin Smith is the missing link between all of this. If not for, Kevin, not for Kevin Smith, we would not have a chance for, for Star Wars to redeem itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could say he brought Star Wars back into the pop culture with his movies. Not many people were referencing it until he was. That's true. Clerks. Anyway, I don't know, I thought that was cool. If you guys look 
look for it on look for it on the interwebs. You'll find it. It's kind of a lot of first. What's not like foreshadowing, but just kind of interesting. Because I forgot that JJ was all like TV for a long, for the longest time. So so what did he do? He did Lost, uh, Alias. I think. Alias. Yeah, that was Alias. A big one. He hasn't he hasn't used Jennifer Garner for anything after that. Like he must hate her. But does she do anything anymore except now divorce Batman? She pops up in movies. She does those Capital One commercials. Yeah, she, she does, does do that. What's in your wallet? She was in Electra. <laughs> Electric nachos. Electric nachos. Oh, they uh, they um, teased her on uh, Daredevil. Did you guys catch that one? Electra, nice. Yeah, I need to, I need to catch up still. Yeah, you don't see her when he mentions like dating some crazy Greek chick or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Electric nachos. <laughs> They're blue. Yep. Anyway, since I know nothing about this movie, I'm just going to rip with random shit. God bless you, Jeff. That kid is back on the escalator again. <laughs> uh, yep, the movie, spoilers, ends on a callback. Well, one of the last moments in the, on a callback where Edna Mode, earlier in the movie, <laughs> they're redesigning Mr. Incredible's suit. And uh, Robert wants, oh, like, Dinah guy had a sweet look with this awesome cape. Edna's like, no capes. He's like, isn't that my decision? And then Edna just goes through the list of all the supers that have died because of cape mishaps. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, cape just seems wildly impractical. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, unless you're using it like in, as like a YouTube. Yeah, like Batman, we're actually using it for stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, don't don't just have the cape just to have it. Like, that just seems like a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and uh, Syndrome, R.I.P. Uh, anyway, the last bit that I'll mention about this movie is actually a Simpsons-related thing. When uh, because Brad Bird, of course, uh, got us got pretty famous for doing the Simpsons. He was uh, uh, animation director over there for many years. And while going through the commentary on some of these uh, Simpsons DVDs, uh, you could t- <laughs> it's a little bit you could tell when they were recorded, because uh, the guys are talking about, oh, yeah, Brad Bird. <laughs> what has that loser done ever since he left The Simpsons? Nothing. <laughs> oh, wait, this little movie called The Incredibles. <laughs> so they always they rip on him on the commentary every once in a while. It's pretty fun. He did the Iron Giant, too, right? Yeah, he yes. did. Uh, Iron Giant is really, really good. Oh, it's an awesome uh, movie. If, if, if anybody listening hasn't seen it and... You like animation at all? I, even if you don't, uh, yeah, it's just a good movie. It, it was it was a really good, not just animated movie. Uh, it was a good period piece, mm-hmm. kind of good uh, message, some good acting. Um, Vin Diesel knocks it out of the park as the as the giant. <laughs> Vin Diesel's two best roles are him barely speaking English mm-hmm. <laughs> and animated. Yes, yeah, so Groot, Groot, and Robot, and the robot. Yeah, so. Take that for whatever you, whatever you. I found out that Hogarth is a real name because of that movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what the hell? You know, they just re-released it in the theaters because it's a 20-year anniversary or 15-year anniversary. So I guess it was in some theaters over the past, like last month or something. Cool. Oh, jeez. Gotta watch that movie again. It's been a while. We're old. 
Also, just one last bit concerning animation. If everybody puts A113 into their animated movies, just stop. Alright, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to explain it to you guys because then you'll just goddamn see it everywhere. It's this. Yeah, you can stop. Say, yeah. but we don't care. Stop it, people. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, stop using your AA one two threes. <laughs> ARP. Yeah, stop using your AARPs. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see it anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm, look, yeah. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. Oh. Um, Wait, which one? For, for, for Brad Bird. Oh, okay. Uh, Incredibles 2, 2019. Nice. He's tapped as the mm-hmm. director and the writer. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that it's, ha- it's had more than a few years between sequels. So that way it's not just like, uh, oh, let's shove a, let's poop out another story for The Incredibles and get some cash grab in there. I mean, I don't think Pixar would do that anyways. Oh, yes, but they would. They're the, owned by Disney. Yeah, that's true. Disney might have forced <laughs> them to do that. But I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm surprised we don't see more incredible stuff in, like, the Disneyland proper. It's like they're not part of the normal pantheon, I guess. Yeah, they... I mean, I guess if you go to, like, any Disney, like any of the Disney stores, they, they've got stuff for that. But, they've like, got some stuff, park. but nah, it's gone by the wayside. Yeah. Well, I guess it was always more of a Pixar thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was uh, talks of it. Incredibles TV show, but that never saw the light of day. So, so here's something surprising, also, uh, also gleaned from the Wikipedia page for Brad Bird. Glean the cube. Uh, I know Jeff has seen it a couple times. Alex, have you seen Jurassic World yet? Yes. I, okay, so I have not seen it. Oh. Uh, Brad Bird is credited as a voice actor for Jurassic World. Did he do Edna Mode again? He did not did do, do a, a, a Raptor. He did not do a Raptor. <laughs> Did he do the voice for one of the computers? You're on the right track. Did you Mr. DNA? No. Oh. <laughs> he is credited as monorail announcer. Oh, uh, okay. Is that like a Tomorrowland tie-in or something? <laughs> I don't know. Because he He's did no, Tomorrowland, right? He, yeah, he direct, wrote, and produced Tomorrowland. Yeah. yeah. I want to see it. Tomorrowland. It's It's... it's it's all right. Yeah. I don't not recommend it. <laughs> it's it's got some fun stuff in there. It's, it's worth a watch. It. The yeah, it's worth a watch. The Clune. It's got Hugh Laurie in it, so. Cool. The Incredibles. Go watch it, people. Oh, yeah. My wife made the mistake of showing The Incredibles to Luca. It's like, this is going to be Luca's new movie. And then she, she remembered all of the violence and everything. And for a little bit, for the rest of the day after he saw it, he was doing, he was trying to do super speed punches that Dash was doing. <laughs> we had to tell him, to, Luca, don't do that. <laughs> well, at least they're, like, none of them have weapons. That's true. They do have superpowers. Yeah, so it's not like he's picking up, I, I don't know what he could pick up. Yeah. Uh, a vase or something like that. <laughs> He wasn't making force fields. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, running at super speeds over water. But yeah. The Incredibles. I, so I, have, I have a question. So uh, since I haven't seen it, I've seen parts of it, but it doesn't sound like there's anything sad that happened in this one. Is that true? Um, Is that, uh, that seems rare for a Disney or Pixar movie. Yeah, there's, there's not really any <laughs> that that dark moment. They, or... It does get a little dark when they talk about what happened to previous superheroes without spoiling the movie too much. Um, they go over, like, 
has from the super the demise of certain superheroes. Oh, and that the, gets, in the cave? But, yeah, it gets it gets a little dark. There is uh, another darker scene that really hits home, but then it gets lightened up again later. But anyways. Yeah. Okay, but it's not like the beginning of Up or something like that. I, I mean, yeah, I haven't seen these movies, but I hear like people are just crying before the movie's even ten minutes old or whatever. Up is brutal. That yeah. is a brutal start to a movie. And uh, you know, we are the, I know Toy Story supposedly is pretty has some sad stuff in it, and so all these things I just always hear this, and so this one sounded like it's pretty much just a fun action movie with none of that stuff. So. Yeah, it is. It's a lot so, of fun. So, so Jeff about the 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 downturn, the townbeat uh, animation. I was reading this week, uh, this guy on the AV Club, uh, it's the Onion's real, actually legitimate um, <laughs> like critics based things. The guy wrote up a like, review of every uh, Futurama episode and they're all really good. Um, I came across the one he wrote for Jurassic Bark. Uh, oh, okay. And I was thinking, like, what what is like the most devastating like <laughs> moment in like animation or television or movie or anything that where you saw that and you're just like, uh, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I should have. Or you're that. like, or you're like, uh, this is so depressing. Uh, I yeah, if, if, if anybody has not watched, isn't a Futurama fan. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't be, uh, you're dead to us. Yeah. Unless uh, you listen to this podcast. Yeah, we the, love you. The four, in the third season, the fourth season, they had uh, Jurassic Bark, um, an episode about Fry and the dog that he had when he was back on Old Earth. And the last five minutes of it, uh, oh, man. So, yeah, watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, it's definitely worth watching. <laughs> and then a few episodes later, <laughs> what the? Oh, no, another one of Fry's dead dogs. <laughs> Puts them back in the soup. <laughs> Pender, this has nothing to do with you. That's impossible. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gold. I should rewatch those. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Rewatch Futurama episode one. I, I one of those. I love Futurama, and I've watched, but I probably only watched like forty percent of the episodes. Like I'm not. I'm not. Well, it wasn't religious for me, like it was with Simpsons. But whenever I watched it, I loved it. It just I never. So, some of the those episodes are. Some of my favorite moments in TV or film. Yeah. Uh, they like the show. I I don't turn this. Well, I'll save it to. We'll, we'll do a show about Futurama down the road. So I'll save oh, it. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really do love Futurama. I know it came back, but it's already gone again, right? Yeah. So they managed to do like another four or five seasons. I don't know how long each season was. Okay. So I, I think it. You know, it, and it ended now on like a like a legitimate note where it felt like everybody did everything they wanted to do. But the first four seasons are definitely the the best four. Yep. All right. Incredible. Anything else? Go watch it. Yeah. All go right. watch Credibles. Go watch Futurama. Uh-huh. Go watch Iron Giant. Go watch Iron Giant. Yeah. Maybe go watch Tomorrowland. Yeah. <laughs> After you've watched all those other things. Yes. <laughs> okay, it's time for Neom News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. I don't have much news. I guess I just heard there's going to be a mighty morphine Power Rangers movie. <laughs> um, I that was too old. I never watched that. So but I guess if you like that stuff, you know you got a movie coming out. So so I saw some of the casting for it. I don't know how official it is, but they had. Uh, I think it was a Chinese guy as the Black Ranger. 
So it's good that they're going against the <laughs> the color cast before, except that the Pink Ranger is still a woman. <laughs> so they <laughs> small steps, mm-hmm. but baby steps. <laughs> yeah. So then they still they've still yet to cast the Yellow Ranger, so that could still be racist. Mm-hmm. So I, and that's another thing. I never, I said I never watched. It. I just know it was people in colorful outfits punching each other in the park or something. It always looked terrible yeah. to me. So, so that was like after Alex and I too. That was more like my little brother. Okay. Uh, I still super into that. Yeah. So they explained it to me like this guy like went and bought all these old the rights to all these old Japanese monster movies and then he just spliced them into my into the, the show and that's how they got their effects or something. Yeah. Like. Well, so so yeah, they took all these action scenes and then they would cut the actors out of the action scene and they they would film brand new things for that. And then all of a sudden <laughs> they'd be in the suits, and that was from the thing. If I understand it correctly, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's the only news. Uh, but I do have some reviews, or I guess I, I think I mentioned last week or the week before that you know Star Wars is coming out. The trailer was cool, but there's no way in hell I'm going to pre-order tickets. Well, I pre-ordered tickets. <laughs> so, well, you guys got the tickets too. So yeah, I haven't told what, you who are these assholes that are going with you, Jeff? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you on the air right now. There's good news and bad news. There weren't many tickets left. So, bad news is we're sitting in front row. You're joking, right? No, not. But it's in the smaller theater with the recliners, and they serve you beer. Hmm. So I think that'll make up for it. These theaters are small. There's only like six rows. <laughs> so sitting in the front row is not that bad. Okay. Because hey, there's a good chance I'm just going to throw up all over everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I made. We don't like we can sell them or whatever or return them. But I think it'll be fine. I saw one movie in there, and... It wasn't that bad. I mean, I wasn't on the front row, but the front row wasn't that bad. It seemed like, anyway. There's beer, Scott. Beer. That's what I'm saying. The beer's not going to help me not throw up. Well, let's sit next to Brian. Yeah. Um, done and done. <laughs> um, as far as reviews, um, just the stupid shows, and my stories. Um, <laughs> one new story was added. I watched Supergirl this week, premiere. It was eh. I mean, I don't know. I'll give it. If I can watch Gotham, I can watch this. <laughs> it's like it's like drinking Rams piss. <laughs> you can drink Rams piss. You can drink anything. Um, you know, it's the thing is the special effects and the fighting looked pretty terrible. But whatever, I'll give it a chance. I, I, I just hated the whole premise that she was this mousy, like executive assistant. Like the the whole idea is that. You know, Supergirl is supposed to be empowered, right? It's supposed to be a, a female superhero, mm-hmm. and she's just plain to type. She's this mousy executive, like in all movies, like <laughs> like seventy five percent of the, women, the main characters in like romantic comedies and things like that. They're executive assistants or they're reporters. Like there's only like three or four jobs they're allowed to have, yeah. and so they stuck her with one of those for this, for this right. TV show. What's next? Wonder Woman being a single female lawyer. I know. <laughs> I was like, having lots of sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> My feeling is that she's going to, that's how she's starting out, but she'll, as she does her Supergirl stuff, she'll become more empowered and break away yeah, from I, I hope so. Do you think Pardon. when that moment happens, they'll play the song, I'm coming out, whoa There's a good chance. I want to work to Either that or... Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. Oh, oh. Man, Futurama references. Don't feel good. Yeah, we're making all kinds of them. All right. 
the Mary Tyler Moore show song, and she's going to throw her cape in the air. <laughs> or that girl. It's going to be in the middle of town and yeah, just throw it up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's okay. Whatever, that's on. I'll give it a few more episodes. <laughs> it was cool to see uh, Dean Kane playing her father. That was kind of cool. Awesome. And I guess the mom was the girl who played Supergirl before. I, I didn't oh, write uh, that. Helen Shaver? I don't know. I'm but... sure she does. Whoa! That makes no sense, Helen. <laughs> and then on Flash this week, this is going to be a spoiler uh, for whatever. So if you don't want to spoil here's Flash stuff, don't listen. I don't even know who this character is. There's a character named King Shark. Are you guys familiar with this guy? You don't know who King Shark is, Jeff? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> he sounds familiar. I don't remember him. I, I don't he know. is. It's a. It's a shark that walks on land. It's just. It really is a shark with like feet. And... <laughs> oh yeah, I saw the Green Lantern fight him once. <laughs> okay, well, he shows up at the end of the Flash, and it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, they should have stopped it, Grog. <laughs> But it it was it was ridiculous, but good. I guess I don't know. I was just I can't believe there was a character that was just a shark walking on the ground. I don't know. I laughed. Sharknado, man. Yeah, exactly. It, it looked better than Sharknado. I'll give it that. <laughs> I hope so. But yeah, now I want to see him fight Grodd. I can see a big monkey fighting a big shark on land. Monkey there you go. <laughs> Who needs Godzilla versus King Kong? We want shark fight Grodd. Here's the problem with Gorilla Grodd. Like, he's actually one of the the biggest villains. Like, he, he like, takes on the, the Justice League single-handedly. Mm-hmm. But he's a talking gorilla, so you can't... <laughs> like, you can't really base a whole movie around him being the villain. Like, at least not the main villain. Yeah. It's just going to be too ridiculous. Yeah. I think mean, that's why with Flash, he's, he's only been on one episode, and then... But they didn't kill him off, right? So he'll come back every once in a while, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, that's my news. Uh, Scott. All right. Um, just one little bit here. We've talked about it before, but uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead is imminent. Can't wait for this. They released the first four or five minutes of it uh, online. <laughs> it's freaking great. Uh, anybody who wants to can go watch it right now. Uh, like <laughs> they they've changed up things a little bit, uh, but Ash is still definitely uh, he picked up where he left off from um, Army of Darkness. Where he's he's still pretty much a schmuck, <laughs> but and and it's great. Uh, yeah, the, the it starts off like you know he doesn't have his hand anymore still, uh, and he's just kind of he's living in the trailer. And <laughs> I, I I won't spoil it for you, but I. I need to figure out how I'm going to watch this stupid show because I do not have stars. I don't know anybody else who has stars. Uh, mm, so I, I guess I'll figure it out. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, other bit of news. Uh, the Overwatch beta has begun, and I was fortunate yeah. enough to get into that. How is it? Uh, it is really fun. Uh, I don't know how balanced it is at this point, but yeah, I love almost all the character designs and Everybody's got their little niche, uh, and it's it's basically Team Fortress Two. Um, with so for us non-video game nerds, what are you talking about? So Blizzard has come up with a team-based first-person shooter 
Um, it's it's all multiplayer. Um, it's called Overwatch, and the idea is is and this actually ties in with the Incredibles, or or the Watchmen. At one point, there was this group called the Overwatch. They were just kind of like a uh, like an international group that would stop um, various uh, problems like attacks and things just by being super powered, and they got shut down. And so now there's kind of good ones and bad ones. Like some of them kind of turned rogue. But when you're playing, you can just pick anybody. And yeah, it's 6v6. Um, it's first-person shooter. So like Team Fortress 2, you have the different uh, kind of... I, I hesitate to call them classes, but everybody has definitely leans toward a speciality. Like there's some that are, are all about like defense, so they have like barriers and things like that, and they have a lot of hit points. Uh, they have the attack people who have like lower hit points, but they do more damage. There's utility and healers and... There's defenders, so that's where you get your snipers. And... Sound like classes to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of them. I think there's uh, 16, if not more. Um, and yeah, and it's six on six, so you can, and you can keep switching your characters um, every time you die, at least in the beta. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the eventual release. I put a fair amount of time into Team Fortress 2. Um, I will not say I ever got good at it, but uh, I did have fun with it, and yeah, I'm hoping to have fun with this too. I don't know if it's going to be free to play or not. I'd imagine not, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, is it going to be PC only, or is Blizzard going to... Um, go right now, it's definitely just PC only, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Because they don't... Oh, they did, they did Diablo on the Xbox and PlayStation. They, they did so. port it, like, way after the fact. Yeah. It's... Uh, but those games have tip. Uh, if this is a first-person shooter, they're kind of it fits well on a, on a system as opposed to their old the click stuff. Really, never was a hard port, right? Yeah, typically. So, so I mean, it's the same thing though. It's it's typical first-person shooter controls. Mm-hmm. So it's WASD WASD controls. Yeah, that stuff's always going to be better on a on a PC with a mouse and keyboard. Well, right now, I'm just saying that usually, like, it's, so you can't play StarCraft on a. Xbox One. You can't play <laughs> right. uh, well, you, Warcraft, but well, first-person they did, shooter you can port easily. Yeah, I mean, they did port that stuff, but it was but not terrible. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> a Diablo you can get away with because it's just button mashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Diablo ports are actually really good. I, if, yes. I don't know if anybody's checked that out, but uh, yeah, Overwatch, there's still no release date. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine it's going to come out within the first half of next year, because it, it seems pretty pretty uh, on the verge of complete. That's a demo. They'll probably cut it. Hmm? They'll probably cut it. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost done. Well, we're done with it. Get it out of here. <laughs> Starcraft Ghost. And then Half-Life 3 is coming out soon, too, right? No. <laughs> That's been almost coming out for ten years. You guys are insiders. What's up with that? Uh, Valve doesn't feel like making it. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty and much. And rightfully so at this point. The the hype for that game is like it, it's not going to live up to anybody's expectations at this point. Like I will we're we're going to see Portal another Portal game before we see another yeah. Half-Life. I, don't know. I, 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 I think I it's like Star Wars. No, it's like Star Wars. It's like the, the video game Star Wars. You're right. It won't live up to expectations, but everybody will still watch it. Yeah. Play it. Play it. Well, they do Valve does things a little differently than most uh, video game companies, though. Not well. 
I, I shouldn't say little. They do things a lot differently than most video game pub, uh, companies because they're they're obviously their own publisher, so they can do whatever the fuck they want mm-hmm. uh, for starters. And then yeah, they just have a different uh, like work model there, design model. So if if yeah, if not if everybody's not on board to make that game, then they're just not going to do it. Okay. It's not like they need the money. That's the other thing too. Yeah. <laughs> Steam is uh I'm pretty sure making them a pretty penny mm-hmm. still. Alright, anything else? Uh nope, that's it for me. Alright, Alex. Speaking of Valve, got a juicy little tidbit about a video game that was <laughs> completed way in two thousand one but was never released. And it's called the uh, Troma Project. And I guess it's set in the world of the Toxic Avenger and the uh, Kabuki, Sergeant Kabuki NYPD. <laughs> and it's got all the old graphics. It's, it's kind of like Fallout, but in that city, and it's strategy-based also. But the best part is that it has uh, full-motion video, like the video games did back then. And it's one of... And you can see this on Steam right now. You can just play the whole video. It's one of Lemmy describing the plight of uh, hermaphrodites. And the hermaphrodites are played by Matt Stone and Trey Parker of South Park fame. (laughs) So, it's pretty hilarious. Everybody check out the Troma Project on Steam right now. Um, Uh, FMVs are making kind of a comeback lately. Sadie. So, I tried playing Guitar Hero Live at the store. The controls are way different, so I sucked. Anyways, you play a flute now? <laughs> a pan flute. Mm. Hero. Skin flute. Uh, Anyways, I got another review here. I'm gonna start trying to get some uh, related video game reviews since I'm way behind on my list here. But I've been playing uh, XCOM: Enemy Unknown. Oof. It's a great game. Great resource, good resource management that actually makes it fun and good strategy gameplay uh, when you have to inc- uh, encounters with aliens and stuff. Jeff, you would have nightmares playing this thing. I played the original XCOM. <laughs> yeah. X- XCOM Enemy Unknown is joined the long and distinguished list of Steam games that I downloaded and then proceeded to play for about a half hour and then never touched again. Mm-hmm. It's one of those games where I stopped playing for a while, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'll play it. And then I get sucked right back into it. It's so much fun. It's like, why did I ever stop playing this? Oh, since Alex did a quick review, um, I too shall do a, a video game review. Uh, yeah, I just, late. I just finished up. I just finished up. Overwatch, uh, we know. I just finished up <laughs> Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, first game in a long time that I've actually completed... But uh, it was pretty good. It's probably the the best of the three entries. Huh. Uh, cool. So I recommend. I'll get it uh, one of these days. Uh, Speaking of games, I spent sixty dollars on and played for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeffrey. Yes. Oh, and by the way, uh, Alex and. In case Jacob ever listens to this, stop fucking sending me <laughs> invites to play Destiny on my Xbox. 
It's not just you. They send them to Chris, too. God damn it. That's true. It's always when I'm, like, on Netflix or something like that. And just, like, it always be some, like, important scene to what I'm watching. Blip! (laughs) Douchebag McGee has invited you to play... Hey, that guy's good. Yeah. (laughs) Assholes. All right. One final tidbit. Uh, There's uh, this video on... The website is now The Robot Voice instead of Topless Robot. But uh, the robot voice has a video of Bruce Campbell talking about his days on set on uh, Spider-Man. And uh, I guess he was telling the story about he he shared a trailer with uh, Macho, Man. Macho Man Randy Savage. Nice. Oh, yeah. Bone saws ready. And, Three uh, minutes. Apparently, it wasn't just Randy Savage that he was sharing a trailer with, but also uh, Randy's girlfriend. Miss Elizabeth? (laughs) He didn't say who it was, but it was just his girlfriend. And uh, duplex trailers, take it from my my experience, paper thin doesn't even begin to describe the walls. So watch the video. It's very hilarious the way Bruce Campbell, of course, describes them. Tells the story. Macho Man screaming through the wall. I've got you for three more minutes. (laughs) Three minutes of playtime. Did he climb to the top rope with her? <laughs> did, nice. did, did he give her the cream of the crop? <laughs> <laughs> it rose to the top, baby. Cream of the crop. Strong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have that on our t- uh, number 200 list, or 200 <laughs> episode of Funny Moments. <laughs> All right. Now we continue on to our march to Star Wars Madness in Force Awakens. In space. Star Wars in space. Alex, this is your list, so lead us on. I forgot what it is. Today's list is top five non-lightsaber weapons. What are you guys' favorites? So I guess I'll start off with number five is the Vibrolance. Vibrolance? Vibrolance is those poles that uh, the Imperial Guards... Uh, the the guys in the red suits, the the lances that those guys use. You're wrong, Alex. Those are force pikes. Those are force pikes. Those are force lances. pikes. That's a pretty. I'm pretty sure they're vibro. They're lances. probably vibro weapons, but they're called force pikes. Okay. Well, force pikes then. You never see them used. The, the cool guards are just holding them. Yeah. They're guards. The guards. All right. Well, then I'm gonna say since I, I'll just jump in here. So I had that too, but I had. It's called vibro stick, I thought, or vibro blade, and that's what those dudes in the prequels use. The uh, who's the robot? Um, General Grievous is like yes, droids. Yeah, yeah. They have like all electrical stuff. From they, those are kind of cool. Those are the coolest weapons in the prequel, besides lightsabers. And it's vibro something. So Alex isn't too far off. I didn't know the Imperial Guards had them. I didn't know that those dudes had them. So vibro that was my number five. Mm-hmm. See, prequels made it on my list. C-Prequio? C-Prequio. C-Prequio? Ghost Cut. Uh, number five was also the the force pikes that the Imperial Guards were... Vibro Lances? No. <laughs> How can those guys be... They don't even use them. I know. They just stand there Those guys them. never fight. I know. The closest like... they ever get to the fight is in episode three when Yoda just throws them against the wall. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> They look cool. Guards. I mean, they're the supposed point... to be the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, if the point is for your guards to stand around looking cool and intimidating, then they definitely do that. But 
Yeah. It was a fight's about to go down, and Purge goes, God, leave us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Guards. this is the best job we've ever had. And then they get blown up. <laughs> Number four. Boba Fett's uh, rope thingy that he ties. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt Too you. Too late. Quick. Uh, this is, is it a comic, or is it Robot Chicken where the guards, they, the guards leave us, and they just walk around, and they just stand on the other side of that opening because the elevator comes up right and luke and vader come out yeah <laughs> and they just stand on the other side and he's like um the emperor knows we're still here right because there's no way to get out of here except down that elevator we just kind of <laughs> walked around here <laughs> and they're just like standing there awkwardly while this whole fight's going on you think we should do something <laughs> <laughs> no he told us to stay here <laughs> pretty funny anyway boba fett's rope what boba fett where that little rope that he shoots to tie up Luke. Another one of Boba Fett's useless weapons. Yeah, so that was always one of those terrible special effects where it, it shoots weirdly out of his arm. And I don't know how it wraps around Luke. And I still don't know how, by Luke turning to the side, somehow Boba Fett gets hit with the laser blast. I never... I think Luke just deflected a laser blast from somebody else into Boba Fett. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't edit very well. That's true. <laughs> but that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's this rope. Uh, lightsaber. Uh. Nice. <laughs> Jeff. Um, so my fourth one is um, Ewok uh, slings or whatever. The thing that Wicket throws and hits himself in the face with. <laughs> David I couldn't Goliath. think of many. I couldn't think of many non-lightsaber weapons, so that's what best I came up with. Slingshot, it rocks. <laughs> he rocks. slung. He slung that rock wicked hard. <laughs> Whoa! Strong. You sure yep. did. Hey, then a bunch of rocks almost uh, took down an ATST. It's true. Mm-hmm. Almost. It was logs that did it. Yes. It's big. It's All heavy. Right. It's wood. It's log, it's log, it's better than that. It's good. Scott. Uh, my number four is the thermal detonator. We, we never actually see one of those go off, but apparently everybody's scared shitless of one. And it is used to great effect. Although that at that point, did Jabba know that was her? No, I don't think so. So... So yeah, so Leia as the bounty hunter. Uh, Spoilers. Yes, yeah, pulls out the thermal detonator and threatens to set off the thing or get paid. One of the two things. Mm-hmm. And Jabba's like my kind of scum. And uh, yeah, just this grenade basically. Like <laughs> no, Jedi pull out lightsabers and everybody's like, "Fuck it, let's go get killed." Yeah. <laughs> Shoot lasers at it. So one one guy pulls out a thermal detonator, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" Well, maybe you know Jedi are rare. They hardly they've never seen a lightsaber before. Hmm. I think you get the idea pretty fucking quickly about <laughs> what a lightsaber does. Well, now we do. We've seen the movies. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so never mind. I know this this might show up later on in someone else's list, okay. and I'll add my story there. Uh, number three, Gappy sticks. They're just sticks. They're <laughs> just sticks. Sticks and clubs and everything. <laughs> Sand people. 
I guess the sand people, besides the gaffy sticks, have those long sniper rifles, but that's it, right? Yeah. Just sticks and one-shot rifles. Tuscan Raiders. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, hair and hairy elephants. Um, yeah. So my three is Thermal Detonator. Um, the only thing I wanted to add was, do you guys remember? I don't remember which version it was. It was one of the Knights of the Old Republic games. You guys played those or no? Yes. A little bit. Okay. And um, there was, you go down to, I don't know. You go down to the bar or a cantina, and there's a guy you're supposed to talk to. But if you haven't done the right missions or whatever, you talk to him, and he just starts, he holds a thermal detonator in his hand, and he just starts counting one. <laughs> I think that did happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, if you don't, like, lead the conversation by the time he gets to three or whatever, I think he blows up. Or I, I just remember something like that, where this guy you talk to, he just holds one and it's pretty much the scene from Java, but in the video game, which I always thought was pretty cool. And then, of right? course, in all the other video games, too, like, thermal detonators were like an auxiliary item that you can have to throw at people and stuff like that, yep. which is kind of cool. But, yeah, of course, the scene that Scott talked about, that's... Thermal, yeah. that means hot. Indeed. Indeed! Because he's holding a thermal detonator! <laughs> <laughs> Scott. Oh. Uh, my number three is also the Gaffy Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was from episode one. Start with a quick, <laughs> quick start with trivia that uh, um, Tuscan Raider that is uh, cheering over Luke, he actually just pumps his arms twice, <laughs> but then they put the tape in reverse, so it looks like he's doing it a bunch of times. Yup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number two is the, the Jawa stun gun that they use on R2. Wow! <laughs> Just pretty much a modified, uh, what should we call it? Fire extinguisher. Blows smoke. <laughs> like a, a mini EMP, I guess. Yep. That is the only weapon that Jawas apparently use. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mine is Chewie's Bowcaster, number two. Mm -hmm. um, cool weapons. I think it's one of the, I think the only one you ever see like that. So, I have the somewhere a book that explains all the gadgets and weapons and stuff. Apparently, the Bowcaster you still have to put like a rod or something in it that shoots out, but it still shoots out lasers. They don't really explain how that works. <laughs> and he definitely didn't do that in the movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he did not. Uh, can you count all the times he uses it? It's only a couple times that I can think of. Mostly in A New Hope. I Chewie, even... Chewie, Chewie typically doesn't have to do a lot of the shooting. Yeah. In A New Hope, I don't even think he was using his... Remember they had like a, that long gun when he was handcuffed, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. He did have that commandeered from the Stormtroopers. Yeah. I think shooting the Minox in the, the cave, yeah. and then also when he's shooting one of the the forest troopers on Endor when it's trying to drive away, doesn't Chewie shoot one? Or he at least shoots at I don't know if he gets it, but I remember him shooting at one of the speeder bike guys. It's probably because he had to reload so, so many damn times <laughs> off screen. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> I remember one time he was aiming, right, and the Ewoks like tap on him, and that's when they go Tarzan and hijack a... ATST is another time. 
<laughs> God. Scott. Uh, my number two is also the bowcaster. Yeah. Uh, Your list is terrible, uh, <laughs> Alex. What? They're all have the same choices because there's there's only like seven choices. Can I can I just pick number one first? Just so it doesn't sound like I'm copying everybody else's list. All right, fine. Um, but yeah, number two, the bowcaster is is cool. Um, it's just cool looking weapon. The crossbow is awesome. Uh, yes, for my number one, it is, and I had to look this up, but uh, Hans Blaster, the DL44 heavy blaster pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing some research on this, and apparently. His his gun is illegal because he took the sight off of it. I don't know why that's illegal, but uh, it is. So he does that though, so he can do the quick draw stuff with it. Um, well, that's why. But yeah, it's just a cool looking. Yeah, if you're gonna have a laser gun, it should look cool. And Hans definitely looks cool, and you know, just part part and part with the with the character. He's always got slung on his on his waist like a six shooter. Um, so yeah, Hans Blaster. Hans Blaster, um, for pretty much all the same reasons you said. And the way – you meant the last thing you said is the way it hangs off of his leg. That's always just cool. Just It's, it's kind of down. It's not on his hip. It's down on his thigh or whatever. Yeah. I always thought that was cool. And the fact that he's not afraid to use it. That's, I know I've mentioned this before, but the whole Greedo Chef first thing is such bullshit, especially in Empire when the first – as soon as he sees Darth Vader, he just unloads on him. Like yeah. he just – Han Solo awesome. is a killer. <laughs> like, it's the first thing. His first instinct is to shoot people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or their hands. What? That's all he shoots is Darth Vader's hand. Well, he uses the force to make him shoot his yeah, hand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know, yeah, his gun's awesome. Just the way it looks, the sound, uh, the way... And it's just because it's Han Solo's, too, I think that. Yeah, that's <laughs> so the biggest part of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alex. My number one is Greedo's Blaster, because it's like a Wilder PPK. And it's never been fired. That's true. Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> Greedo got himself a new gun. Is like, oh, hey, there's Han Solo. I'm going to try out my new gun. <laughs> now, mine was Han's Blaster also, but I thought I'd switch it up. <laughs> yeah. Greedo's that's... gun is just this little, tiny, very sci-fi looking thing from the 50s. It's pretty cool. Once you Google it up, because <laughs> it's it's tough looking at it, uh, getting a good look at it from the movies. But yeah. See? So no one, mentioned, no one mentioned Luke's blaster. No. Eh. I, I, uh, honorable mention to the blaster Leia has in the beginning of, the, of New Hope. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the <laughs> the royal model. <laughs> Super thin, but elongated blaster. One shot. I like that scene, too, where the stormtroopers stun her. And it's the only time stunning or that weapon is used any other time in the entire six movies. Yeah, it's kind of weird because it seems super fucking effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fires one, stop for stun. Well, they're going to kill, but the stun weapon's like a shotgun blast, so there's no way they can miss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Yup. Good old stormtroopers. Uh, I thought maybe someone might mention R two D twos like pinchers, <laughs> pinchers of power. His taser <laughs> is is when he, in Revenge <laughs> of the Sith when he jizzes all over the one robot <laughs> to escape. 
Let's not talk about that. Jeebus H. Shit. All right. That's it. Before we're done with this episode, what are we talking about next week, Scott? Next week, we will be talking about a little-known uh, B-movie masterpiece, action masterpiece, starring Dolph Lundgren. And uh, Army it, of one. It, goes, it goes by the name of Showdown in Little Tokyo. No! When are you guys going to pick a movie I've seen? Jesus Christ. Jesus all Christ, right. Jeff. When are you, you going to watch a movie that we've yeah. all watched? Have you all seen right, let's talk Scorpion? about... All right, we're doing Walking Dead next week. <laughs> all right, oh, finally. Hey, Scott. I get to difference. spoil a bunch of stuff for you guys. That's not a movie. That doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, neither should well, I Little Tokyo, but... Yeah. <laughs> and what's the uh, Star Wars topic? Oh, shit. Uh... God damn it. Top five lightsabers. <laughs> Top five lightsaber colors, yeah. Um, all right, favorite vehicles. Ooh, okay. Nice. Top five favorite vehicles. It could be ships. could be land, things that walk, things that Do Star float. Destroyers count? They do. Oh, okay. Um, or we could just do five favorite ships if we wanted to get super, super specific. But uh, just five favorite vehicles. Okay. Alright. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, man. We hardly knew ye.